As you know, our LCS is Cowabunga Comics, Lake Country Wisconsin's best pop culture destination for new comics, back issues, gaming, retro video games, vinyl, and figures. Give them a call, 262-569-9999. Check them out online at cowabungacomics.com or follow them on Twitter at Incredicow. Um, they are our LCS and we utilize their deep discount mail order service to bring Oconomowoc, Wisconsin closer to us. They'll take care of you. Tell them Drew and Kyle sent you. Say hi to Eric and James from us. If you need an LCS, you can't go wrong with Cowabunga Comics. Aloha! It's Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I will be interviewing a friend of the podcast, James Aquilone. He is an editor, writer, and a Bram Stroke Award nominee. He is here to promote his books, Koshak, the 50th anniversary graphic novel, and his latest work, Shakespeare Unleashed. Now, this is a horror anthology, and there's also a one-shot um, comic book that's, um, um, that's part of this, um, this series. Listeners, if you guys get a chance, please check out um, monstrousbooks.com. James, I hope I got the website correct. Did I get that That's correct? Right. Yeah, monstrous books. Um, for the following, the graph, the Koshak graphic novel, either hardcover, trade, limited prints, t-shirts, and even the one-shot comic is available on that website right now. Shakespeare Unleashed is available for pre-order, if if I got that correct, on the website. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And also, you can also even pick up um, his classic Monsters Unleashed anthology novel and also his dead jack series james welcome back to the comics for fun and profit podcast how are you doing today i'm doing great how are you i'm doing good james off the cuff question it's been about a year since i interviewed you yeah i have one question i have to ask i just realized it did i pronounce your last name correctly how did you pronounce it i'm sorry how did you pronounce it i, I, I didn't hear <laughs> it was probably right if i didn't know okay. it I think I believe it's I said James Aqu Aqualone 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 okay all right sorry about that now James I want to congratulate you on the Bram Stoker award nomination for the Koshak graphic novel I'm going to ask do you remember what were you doing when you received word of this nomination oh that's funny because um I knew the or I I think I was aware that the, the nomination was going to come out that day. So I was like, I was up early that morning. Just I kept refreshing uh, uh, my mail to, to see, you know, when, uh -huh. when the, the, the email would come in and uh, it never came in. So I was waiting all morning, all afternoon. Uh, and I thought, oh, maybe they're going to do it tomorrow. So uh, I had just joined the bowling league. Uh -huh. So I was driving to bowling and as I'm about to park, Someone um, messaged me on Facebook and was like, congratulations. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I got nominated. So that's how I found out. <laughs> All right. And then um, what was your reaction? I mean, I know you're parking your car or you're getting out of your car, you're getting your bowling, your bowling gear. What was your reaction? Uh, I was amazing because I, I, I throughout my career, I, I was always kind of put away awards. I was like, that's not... I'm not going for awards, and I, I didn't think I would ever um, get nominated or win any awards. So that was something I would totally put out of my mind. So yes. um, the fact that um, 
that got a nomination was just just mind blowing. It was just uh, unreal. And it's it's a very now correct me if I'm wrong because it's a very prestige award. That's amazing. Yeah, that's like the highest award in um in like horror fiction. So that's part of the Horror Writers Association. They put out the uh, Bram Stoker Awards every year. And like Stephen King is the obviously the the king of the Stoker Awards. He's won like something like fifteen uh, uh Stoker Awards, and, and Joe Lansdale's won like a bunch of them, and Jonathan Mayberry. Oh, that's 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 really nice that you're in that in that league with them. It's really nice. It is. Yeah, it's it's really insane. Now I'm gonna um now there's also two I saw on Twitter that the is it the Ringle Awards? Um is is um the ballots are open to put nominations for it or to nominate Yeah, for or how I think they opened maybe like a month ago. So mm-hmm. we're um we're eligible for the Ringos. Nice. Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, and everybody in the book is is eligible too. So we're, we're you can you can vote for us for best anthology. Um, you know, the writers could go up for like best uh, writers and best artists. And I don't know if there's a category for cover, but we have some good covers too. Yes, you guys have amazing covers, and I I want to I'm gonna hold off. I don't want to jump too much in. Um, I'm gonna I'm just asking, you know, did you hear of any other nominations coming for the uh for the um, graphic novel? Were there any other nominations? Um, yeah, it was nominated for, um, the Imagine Awards, the, like, the, the, the convention called the Imaginarium Awards, it was nominated there, and so was Classic Monsters Unleashed, they, they're up for, like, um, Best Anthology, and now I'm forgetting it, it's actually, it's nominated for another award, and now I can't remember, it's <laughs> <laughs> so many awards, uh, <laughs> the Rondo Hatton, Rondo Hatton Classic, um, um horror awards so um it's up for um and we're up against a lot of um a big uh comics and graphic we're up against steve niles for oh. town terra and and a bunch of other things so i mean and steve's in in the culture book too so he'll he'll win either way <laughs> and, uh and classic monsters is also nominated for rondo hatton award again congratulations on the nomination Yeah, so it's like five awards. I think we're up for between uh, Kolchak and Classic Monsters Unleashed. I did submit for uh, the Eisners. Oh, that'd be nice. I think I think they're gonna announce the nominees. Um, I think next month. Okay, all right. Now, before we start jumping in, um, to Kolchak and Shakespeare Unleashed, um, where can new listeners follow you on social media? Um, if you go to Mantras Books, all the links are there. So we're Mantras Books on Twitter. There's a Mantras Books um, Facebook uh, group. Or you can just follow me anywhere uh, under James Aquilone. All right. Now, James, before we get into the real meat of this incredible anthology, the Kolshak um, 50th anniversary graphic novel, I'm sorry, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you some questions that you've already answered in the previous interview. That was the Comics for Fun and Profit episode 701. That was that was dated back last year, January 10th of 2020. And I'm just asking just a, three questions for just for new listeners who are not familiar. So for new listeners, may I ask, can you tell, you know, tell them who is Carl Kolchak? Well, Kolchak was a um well, it was a TV series. Um it was actually preceded by two TV movies back in uh The first one came out in 72. The second one came out in 73. 
and then there was a, a 20 episode um tv series that um that that ran after the two tv movies and um the first tv movie was the highest rated tv movie of all time up to mm-hmm. that point like i think i was on like 40 million viewers um but Carl Kolchak was a, a reporter who always he had his knack of always uh, stumbling upon um some kind of creature or monster um mm-hmm. and then uh I guess in the end he 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 would save the world, uh, but no one believed him. No, one, he, he could never get any evidence that the the monster existed. Uh, <laughs> you know, the camera always uh, was out of focus or something, or uh, or the prints were destroyed. So that was that week after week he would he would stumble upon some some you know the monster of the week as they would say, mm-hmm. but he could never get any evidence. But but somehow he he still prevailed at at the end of the episode. And then, um, what drew you to this character? Um, I'd always been a fan of Kolchak. Uh, I, I probably first saw it like uh, they they would rerun it a lot at like late it would be like the late night movie or something in the eighties and and then um because it was a big influence on the X Files um when the X Files came out in the the nineties then they started uh, rerunning it again um on cable I think it was on the Sci Fi Channel for a mm-hmm. while so there was like a big uh there was like a revival of interest in Kolchak in the nineties. So I probably started watching it again there too. So I mean, Culture was just as always. It was a fun show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also could be really scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you even watch it today, there are definitely creepy moments in it, and I think uh, some like legitimately like scary moments. But they they really balance that like real horror with 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 the humor really well, which is which is hard to do. And that's that's the type of stuff I like to do in my own stuff. You know, I have. Um, Dead Jack Zombie Detective uh, series, which is kind of similar to a Cole Chaka. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of always stumbling upon monsters too, and he's he's kind of a goofy character like Kolchak. So, so that's that was Kolchak was just right right up my lane. So, so it was really awesome that I was able to uh, to put this book together. And then, um, the last question for new listeners, because when I interviewed last week, it was started off as a Kickstarter. What mm-hmm. inspired you to do? to do this this passion project well i had done uh, classic monster unleashed as a kickstarter and it went pretty well but i knew i really wanted to do a comic book some kind of comic book project so it's really hard to break into the comic book industry unless mm-hmm. you know people so it's it's pretty impossible so uh i knew if i had to do anything with comics i'd have to do it on my own there would have to be a kickstarter and um so i wanted to do like a big comic book graphic novel um project for the next one and i was aware that moonstone had the rights to kolchak and they had they they had done kolchak uh, comics in the past but they hadn't done one in a while and so i was doing just some uh, research and then i discovered that the the 50th anniversary of the first kolchak movie was coming up mm-hmm. next year so i said that's a perfect opportunity to do a, a kickstarter and we can really do something really special with the anniversary Mm-hmm. So perfect timing um and then moonstone said yes to the project and then we were just off and running um like right pretty much right after the classic monsters unleashed uh kickstarter ended we, we started working on culture now before i start getting a little bit more to the uh graphic novel um how was the response um on the book such as reviews you know book sales and i'm not asking for numbers or anything but it's like was it something you know was the book sales exceeded ex- exceeded your expectations oh absolutely uh in terms of i mean the, the kickstarter was um 
we made well over a hundred thousand dollars um uh-huh. which was, that was very surprising uh we had several almost two thousand backers um but the sales then continued after the kickstarter as well uh-huh. uh, we really haven't stopped so i've been just uh shipping out books uh for the last few months like almost every day um uh-huh. when we, um when we ended up getting all the books, finally, I mean, everything was shipped to my house. So we had mm-hmm. it, my wife and I, we did all the shipping. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some people got like electronic rewards. So it, that that you don't have to worry about. But yeah. we had at least 1500 people who we had to send uh, books to. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I took about six weeks uh, where we were just shipping uh, cold check books mm-hmm. to the, the post office, sometimes three times a day. Oh, wow. <laughs> we ended up getting to know all the, the workers at all the post offices in Staten Island. Because <laughs> they would see me coming in with like this dolly of pins uh, <laughs> with books. And they would, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was wild doing all that. But but once we finally, when we finished, it was like, oh, this is that was such a load of our children. It was really awesome because the, um, the response to it has been incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, we were a little bit late with the Kickstarter, so, um, you know, you don't like to do that. But everyone was like, whoa, it was well worth the wait. Everyone was really happy with, with the books. Um, yes. I've been getting tons of emails from the backers telling me how much they love the books. All the reviews, we, we've gotten some pro reviews, and every every review has been uh, incredibly positive. Even on Goodreads, we have really good ratings. Um, nice. I haven't seen anyone. I shouldn't say it because of Jinx made, oh, but man. no one has said anything. <laughs> really, uh, you know, like they hated it, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, they were crazy, or even like a like a mediocre review. So it's been super positive, and it is one of those anthologies where um, it's it's some it's difficult to do, but it's one of those anthologies where um, all the stories are good. Mm-hmm. Yes, There's not a weak story in there, and then none of the art is weak. So uh, it's it really um, from the beginning to end. Mm-hmm. It was a really strong book, so I was really happy about that, and the and the, the and people have been saying the same. So um, I was really happy that we did justice to to the Kolchak because I know they have really uh, serious fans. So no one was like, "Oh, you ruined Kolchak for me." Uh, mm-hmm. we, we we really did it in the spirit of Kolchak. So everyone who worked on it was, is a really big fan. And I'm going to say that's a perfect segue when you said is the spirit of Kolchak. So because I know the stories. The stories in this graphic novel covers, and we talked about this in the previous interview, it covers Shack's life from a young high school uh, newspaper reporter up until his final story in the 2000s. You know, one thing I want to know was, was this planned from the beginning or? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I I figured since it was like a 50th anniversary, um, and this had never been done before, Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be really cool to, to see his entire life mm-hmm. or as, as much of it as possible in win one book mm-hmm. um, and Moonstone wasn't crazy about the idea because mm-hmm. they, they have their own continuity yes. can from, from their books which they 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 just keep Kolchak at like 50 years old and he's always mm-hmm. in the present Yes. Uh, so it took a lot of convincing um, to do this mm-hmm. I thought that was the, the the better way to do it, and it was something that we hadn't seen. And uh, I really wanted to do um, the young culture, like the, the teenage culture, which David Avalone wrote that story, and he did an amazing job with it. And the and Julius Older did that 
that artwork and it, it's incredible. So um, that kicks off the book. So, you know, we were off to a good start with that, with that story. Because that's a perfect segue to go into some of the writers, but I wanted to point out, yeah, David Avalone's story basically sets up how Carl is going to be for the rest of his life. You right. know, um, so I'm kind of going off the cuff here, but it's just because I remember, you know, he's fighting with his high school editor that, yes, Carl, just go down to um, cover the carnival, you know, on the boardwalk. And Carl's going, wait a minute, there's this war going on, you know, it's, you know, could start world, you know, it could be a world war thing. We should be covering. No, 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 Carl. And then we see, we see him, he, now correct me if I'm wrong, but this is where we find him um, with his like light, with his like those light blue um, um, suits that he wears. Right. Yeah. And we get, you know, his mannerism. We get the whole, that, it just captures the essence of yeah. who he is from the beginning. And I love that little touch where I think um, one of the police officers at the end was, uh, and I can't remember the story, but it kind of blows him off. And, but the, the officer had his, that kind of that straw hat thing on the mm -hmm. car. Right. Yeah, that's the last shot as he puts the hat on. So, yeah, that was the thing we really wanted. Um, I said, it's got to be like um, like Indiana Jones 3. Mm -hmm. Yes. You find that, you know, where, where uh, you know, River Phoenix, uh, he gets the hat and he, and he gets the whip and all that. And I says, you know, it should be the like origin story. Yes. So, um, you know, the hat is really important in Kolchak. Mm -hmm. So we have to see how he gets the hat. So, um, so that was really awesome that we got all that in there, and and it worked. Um, yes. That first one. Yeah. Now, you have an incredible list of creators who have worked on this graphic novel. Now, I I can't go through everybody because we would just run out of time. So, <laughs> you know, Nancy A. Collins, R.C. Um, Matheson. He's the son of the great sci-fi horror writer Richard Matheson. You have Rodney. Barnes, we mentioned um, David Avalone, and then artists, I'm going to try to pronounce Simon Kredansky, yeah. Colton um, Worthy, he he worked on a story with you that you did the... That's right, yeah. They did a cover. Yes. Um, uh, Satanic Panic 88, if I remember correct. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, Gabriel Hartman, J.K. Woodward, to name a few. So, how did you... Um, how did you get this amazing talent? <laughs> um, Colton, I knew because Colton worked on uh, my Dead Jack books. He did all the covers for, for Dead Jack. I worked with him on on a bunch of projects before. Um, mostly, I got the artist um, from the the writers. So I just would ask the writers, like, who do you want to work with? And they would mm -hmm. bring in um, an artist. So I think Peter David was one of the first writers that that joined and I asked him who he wanted to work with and he recommended JK Woodward. So uh he came in and he ended up doing two stories and a cover. Mm -hmm. Um so that was mainly how um we got most of the the artists. Um I only knew a few artists going into this so that was gonna be a problem. So mm -hmm. uh it, it just kind of we just kind of went like one writer at a time, one mm -hmm. artist at a time kind of building it, building it and it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And Steve Niles just kind of joined in the middle of the campaign. Um, I didn't know him at all. Mm -hmm. I met him as a writer, and I'm a big fan. Uh, but then when he found out about the project uh, on Twitter, I, um, he had said something like on on one of the posts, like, "Oh, I, you know, I'm a big Culture fan. I would love to be part of this." 
And uh, then I messaged him and I was like, are you serious? Are you, are you joking? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm really, I'm like, and I, I think I asked him a few times, like, really? Okay. And then he, so he ended up joining um, the book. Yeah. Toward, toward the middle of the campaign. Oh, that's pretty cool. I was going to ask you this one question, but I want to change it a little bit was, were you surprised to see how many readers were coming out of the woodwork going, Oh my God, I remember this TV show. I loved it as a kid. You know. Yeah, yeah, because um, you know the show show's been off the air for fifty years, and yes. um, and although even in the nineties it kind of got revived because of X Files, mm -hmm. that's thirty years ago. So, um, I I mean I knew there was some like fandom like on Facebook because there's a Facebook culture group that's pretty big. Yes, but I didn't realize how many people knew. I was like, you know, I don't normally hear people talking about Kolchak. Mm -hmm. Now I do. But uh, I didn't realize so many people were fans of, of the, the show and remembered it. Yes. And a lot of people do remember it. And uh, a lot of horror fans are, are fans of Kolchak. So I know a lot of horror writers are also mm -hmm. fans of it. So I thought I thought it it did have a fandom, but I, I didn't realize it was, it was as big yes. mm -hmm. as, as it is. And it's huge. Yes. Um, now, when I got my copy... Oh, I love the hardcover. And I had to pick the um, Jerry Ordway cover. Yeah. So um, let me ask you this off-the-cuff question. How did you guys get Jerry Ordway? Well, I was one of the the, the guys who was um, working on um, the book with us, knew him. Uh-huh. So we, we just, you know, he gave him the email. We, we tried to get him in. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so that was it. I mean, usually how it works, um, you ask around. You say, do you know this yeah. person? Have this person's email mm -hmm. and then you try to you know try and you know network your way toward them and um like kim newman mm -hmm. was a story in there i didn't know i didn't know anyone who knew him uh-huh and, mm -hmm. and i had seen he 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 did the um like audio commentary on one of the cold check tv movies um the blu-ray for it so wow. i knew he was a fan and i had read that he he uh, some interview he was talking about Kolchak and he 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 even said in the the article that he wanted to write a Kolchak story. So I just I think I just found his email somewhere mm -hmm. online or something. So I just you know emailed him out of nowhere, mm -hmm. hoping that he'd respond. And then he, he was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> so that was totally like you know a, you know shot in the dark. So listeners, you know, um, before I go on to uh, start moving on to Shakespeare Unleashed, you know. Um, this is great because it's, you know, they're short story, they're short stories. Um, I love the Nancy A. Collins, Warwick Johnson Cadwell story. Mm -hmm. I love the, uh, Kirk, I think he was called the Sin Eater, if I remember correctly. Sin, I, Sin Feeder. A Sin Feeder. Oh my God. I mean, I'm not spoiling, but there's so many levels, so many layers to that story. I'm going to start, I'm just going to tease one to listeners that Kolchak is in Florida in the 90s. And as you already mentioned that, you know, that um, Kolchak influenced Chris Carter, the creator of X-Files, loved the TV series. And when the X-Files came out in the 90s, I remember, um, I can't remember if we talked about it in the last interview, but I remember reading um, Chris wanted Darren McGavin, who played Kolchak, to reprise his role. And yeah. Darren McGavin's kind of, no, I don't want to. But he had him come on the X Files, and if I remember correctly, that X that first X Files story that they introduced 
um, Darren McGavin's character in the X Files was set in Florida, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? Oh, that I didn't know that. I think so. I I, I got it's been a while, but I, because I remember, I thought it was kind of weird that why is it during and my my memory is kind of fuzzy, so maybe I could be wrong too. But I was kind of like, why is it doing? Why is the X Files story during a hurricane? It's in Florida. So, all right. Yeah, um, that's a good connection. And then um, also to um, and also to so listeners, if you are interested in picking up this graphic novel, you know, there's it's filled with um, um, great shorts, uh, great um, comic book stories. Also in the back too, there's also um like a prose short story too. I think, how, how, how many short stories in the back? There are 10, 10 oh, short okay. stories back of the, the hardcover. Okay. Uh, yeah. So so if you get a chance, pick up this graphic novel. Um, a couple more questions before I move on. May I ask, were there some stories that were incredible for the Shack graphic novel, but you just had to turn them down to space or the limit of the you know, number of pages in there were no well, when we did with the pro stories, there were um, people who submitted uh, short stories for that. Mm -hmm. so we only had the room for the for the ten short stories, so there were there were some good stories there. Mm -hmm. We had to turn down uh, for the graphic novel. We did have to turn down actually a couple of uh, well known comic mm -hmm. book writers who who tried to get into say no to because we had already um, done well above our budget. Yes. It was only nine stories in the in the in the graphic novel, and maybe about a hundred pages. Uh huh. And then we up with twelve stories, and the one hundred eighty eight pages, um, and then the uh, the the deluxe edition is a two hundred forty eight. Mm -hmm. so we almost doubled, um, you know, as far as like this the comic stories that was that was a lot more money than uh than we were expecting to pay. So that's a problem. So mm -hmm. when uh. We have these other two, two big names come, and I was like, ah. I was like, yeah. I'd love to get you in there, but uh, it's a little late now because now, now it would be, it would have been well over two hundred pages, just the standard edition, mm -hmm. and you add just one story, that's that's thousands of dollars because we were, um, we were working with the top artists out there. You know, these are yes. people with Marvel and DC, and can't really um, not pay them their rate. Yeah. So, you know, like like a 12, 14 page story, you're talking a couple of thousand dollars each story mm -hmm. that you had. And then it's more money to print, too. So it would have that would have blown us away. And we were already just way stretched uh, mm -hmm. at that point. It was, it was even getting a little scary because like, whoa, the the budget is like like almost doubled here. Mm -hmm. Book really needed to be successful. Mm -hmm. I would have went bankrupt. <laughs> um. But when you talk about you have incredible artists, J.K. Woodward and Peter David, the story in the 1950s. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, I still remember. I still can picture J.K. Woodward capturing spot on the likeness of Darren McGavin, you know, a young Darren McGavin. And he's holding the microphone talking about his, you know, the story that, you know, he he wants to write, but he know he can't. But it was just oh, that was just big draw that one pound. Yeah, yeah he doesn't know. Yeah, so we're, well, he's done, he's done a lot of work in Shakespeare on these two, but we'll talk about that. Oh yes, okay, all right. <laughs> um, two more questions, and then I'll start going on to Shakespeare Unleashed. What are there any other future plans 
um, for another volume or anything? Um, not, I mean, we haven't really talked about it. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Good thing. I mean, they're all, he, Moonstone is putting out more, um, culture stuff. They actually put out, just put out another, uh, prose anthology. Um, oh, okay. Nancy Holder did, uh -huh. did a story, the things like, uh, Kolchak and Nosferatu. Oh, so, mm -hmm. so Moonstone does put out and they'll continue to put out probably like, like two or three. Mm -hmm. but I, I don't know if i'm going to be doing another culture thing um we've got a lot of projects anyway just through monstrous books mm -hmm. but, uh, mm -hmm. you know because sometimes it's like um the success of this has been so like over the top so i don't even know like if i do it again then people expect it to be even bigger oh that's and, right you know? <laughs> no i i i, I, I hear what you're saying yeah you know, it's like, yeah like this stop oh, you know, okay. you're Okay. All right. I'm going to move on to Shakespeare Unleashed. Now, I'm not being sarcastic. You mentioned in the introduction of the prose anthology novel that you fell in love with Shakespeare in high school. May I ask, what it, what was it that attracted you to his work? Like, was it the material? Was it a teacher's love? To, you know, that English teacher who showed, you know, their love for Shakespeare? No, we were just, we were assigned Hamlet. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it was my senior year in high school and I don't know for some reason I just sat down I, and I remember it I, I, I can remember this like uh just like laying down on the on the couch and so it started it was like a, I think it was like a rainy like Friday mm -hmm. uh, and I just sat down to read Hamlet and um I was never a great student even though I love reading I just didn't have I never loved doing it for school work mm -hmm. yeah so uh I would <laughs> I would often not read the books or, or the assignments for class and uh I would just read um, maybe like the back of the book or I'd watch the movie and then I would just try to, to wing it when it came to the test. Um, so this time I actually sat down and was reading it and I got caught up in it. And then um, I, I just read it like all the way through and I just loved it. Um, yeah, something about, you know, it's always been my favorite play then, Hamlet, because um, it has it has so many like amazing lines in there. And, um, and I think, you know, because I'm Gen X, this was... Um, this is probably like 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 late eighties, mm -hmm. and I think Hamlet is very much like a Gen X type character because he's kind oh. of a slacker. He's kind of ambivalent, you know. He doesn't know what to do. He's you know mm -hmm. like supposed to like you know kill uh, the king there who killed his father, and and it's and and there actually was like a Gen X version of uh, of Hamlet, if you remember in the nineties where Ethan Hawke played Hamlet. No, so, I don't. Yeah. There's like a, an Ethan Hawke version of, and it's very Gen Xy because it's like it was like right after he did like reality reality bites, mm -hmm. like the big Gen X uh, movie. So I think maybe so that was, maybe it was just relatable at that time for a for like a Gen X kid, uh, Hamlet. And then Rosencrantz and Guildenstern came out. Mm -hmm. uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, you know that movie with Tim Roth and um, Gary Oldman, and wow. um, that movie came out like two or three years later. So. People don't know like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are characters in Hamlet. They're like his friends, and they in in the in Hamlet, um, his mother and uh, the new king hired them to kind of just find out what's going on with Hamlet and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like spies. And uh, and at the end of the play, they die, but it's, you don't see that in the play. So someone just announces that Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Mm -hmm. Tom Stoppard, who's a screenwriter and and. Uh, Thomas Hopper, who wrote uh, Shakespeare in Love. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. He wrote this play called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Are Dead. 
mm-hmm. back in the 60s, which is like this really big play. So it was just about following Rosencrantz and Guildenstern uh, around. And um, so you see them before the from the play of Hamlet, and then they go to um, Elsinore, and then we're seeing them you know, interact with each other, but also then they're kind of like weaving in and out of the play of Hamlet. Uh-huh. You know, so then we get to see like like these two minor characters, like, you know, like they get a full story. So I thought that was like, like fascinating. It was like just wild. Like, like I, as I said, like in the intro to the to Shakespeare and Lee's, like, I didn't know you can do that as a right. Like, you can take yeah. these two characters from Hamlet and we see what their lives are like. And then, but we also then see them back in the play and then they're out of the play. Yes. And then they're talking about the scene that they were just in. So <laughs> it was really crazy. Like, and Tom Stoppard's like an amazing genius um, writer. So I was just blown away by that. So I always kind of thought of that, you know, and I was like, I would love to do something like that. Uh-huh. And so after we did Classic Monsters Unleashed, and that was really successful, we said, let's do a series of these books. Yes. So I already had then the idea. So they would be great. Let's do Shakespeare. Uh-huh. So kind of like, you know, from inspired from like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Uh, let's do that. Let, let's, let's take these characters from Shakespeare and uh, see what we can do with them and then put them in into like horror stories. So that's, that's really where the idea came from. That's so cool. That that it really that is so cool. Um, um, and then correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm um, actually I'm going to ask. Let me ask you this question because when people when they hear Shakespeare Unleashed, it's a horror anthology. And please don't take this the wrong way because some readers may think. Oh, are are they going to do that weird? You know, the the Shakespeare played how his writing is, but yeah. that's not the format. Or some there's one story that's kind of a format, but most of it is like is like a most of it is like a, a regular short story novel. Yeah, yeah, we don't really use that. Yeah, I think there were some people who might have felt like, oh, I don't like Shakespeare, or um, I can I don't understand the language, or it'd be like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's it's very much. Uh, plain language we do have one story that is written in um that's shakespearean form mm-hmm. so and i don't know how to pronounce his name but dosher or Duesher, mm-hmm. uh that's what he does i mean he's the guy who wrote um the shakespeare version of the avengers he wrote oh. shakespeare star wars yes so he has this whole series of books where he does uh like shakespeare he does a shakespeare version of back to the future oh my god <laughs> so if you check him out he's, he's got a ton of them and uh, I got the Shakespeare uh, Avengers book, and it's really good. It's like this huge book, uh, uh-huh. got uh, a lot of illustrations and stuff in it. So he does it in Shakespearean language, and it's and it's formatted like a play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to get him to do it, and I was really happy that he said yes to it. So he did one for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's in Shakespeare's language, yes, but it's but it's, it's fun, and, and there's a lot of like references to. Um, like James Bond movies and stuff like that. He throws ah. in like lines and stuff like that. So you can catch all that type of stuff. So me, so um if you don't like Shakespeare, I think you'd like that. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh it's, it's so not it's not, yeah, it's, it's definitely not inaccessible to people. Yes, that's yeah. Who, um maybe don't like I mean, if you do like Shakespeare, I mean you'll probably appreciate it more because mm-hmm. there's definitely um there's a lot of references, you know, to the plays and stuff that you will enjoy it on a uh, you know on a different level but yes. even if you don't know shakespeare um it's like west side story you know west side story is based on romeo and juliet and uh you don't have to know anything about romeo and juliet mm-hmm. or shakespeare yes. to enjoy 
West Side Stories. And in fact, a lot of our stories uh, are based on Shakespearean plays because that's kind of like the foundation of like Western literature. So, yeah, so you yeah. really can't get away with it. I mean, if you're going to write a romance, it's going to have something probably to do with Romeo and Juliet. It's got there's like foundational um, works. So that's what we were really looking for. We were just looking for like using Shakespeare also as a jumping up off point. Some of them are, are sequels to mm -hmm. uh, plays, but some of them are just, it's kind of, there's one story about that's based on King Lear. Mm -hmm. It kind of just takes that idea and, it, and it's about like a businessman who's going to uh, all these different um, like psychics and mediums. Yes. Because he wants to uh, like ensure that he doesn't, uh, well, he has like this vision that when he gets old, he's going to lose all his money, and he's going to uh -huh. so he's he wants to use the the psychics to to ensure that he's going to live a long and healthy life. But then he meets because, like in King Lear, uh, no, I don't. I mean, I'm, and I'm not, and I'm not an expert on Shakespeare either. But <laughs> doing this, but he goes to each one, and then the, the the third one tells him basically like you you can't get what you want, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if the other people are lying to you, and then you know he gets angry and things really turn out badly but that's and that so that's basically like the setup for king lear where he goes to his three daughters yes. and i forget exactly <laughs> oh. but but he goes to the three daughters and he i forget what he's, he what he wants from them but then his 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 they, and they the first two just tell him what he what he wants to hear yes and the third, the third daughter tells him you know gives him the it, truth and, and he's not happy about it and things will apart. so we're just taking so he this is Philip for Casey who writes the story for us and Shakespeare Unleashed, but he's just taking that basic setup and he's writing. So that was, would be a story that could stand on its own. Yes. But outside of Shakespeare. So that's, that's a lot of what, what we have. Uh, so yeah, I don't think if, um, you know, it's not academic, it's not like a, yeah. um, I don't think schoolwork you, you would enjoy, it. but I do think there were some people who, because there was some, there were a lot, actually a lot of writers who, who passed on it, I think because of that. Mm -hmm. they go, well, I don't know a lot about Shakespeare, mm -hmm. and um, it's like you don't really have to know any yeah. that much. About it. Like, you know, like I said, just think of West Side Story, and if you just do a story like that, um, that's what we're looking for. So, yeah, you don't have to have like a PhD in Shakespeare to enjoy it. Because for listeners, I, I, I talked to James just a little bit before we started. Um, there was a short story I read, a, a timeless tragedy by J.G. Fairy, fairy, um, and that was a great story. And the premise again was a little bit about Romeo and Juliet, right? I, you know, but it, but it had, I, I'm not gonna spoil it, but it had that nice Twilight Zone feel to it about second chances, and that's all I'm gonna say because James, I just picked it because I, I mentioned to you I was gonna read at least a, at least one right. short story before we did the interview. I just picked this one because I thought it sounded pretty good and I just loved it because it's not set um during Shakespeare's time. It it's set like in the in the nineteen fifties. Right. You know, and it's it's so it and I it was so relatable. I understood what was going on. And then all of a sudden I start to see this is sort of like Romeo and Drew. And I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um when you contacted writers, were there some writers that um, were excited to contribute to the literature world of Shakespeare? Like, well, they go, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to do this. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah there was a lot of, like, yeah, because then they were like, oh, yeah, I always wanted to do something. I have an idea. 
for this or um i tried to find some people who, who would seem like they would you know fit into this and uh so a lot of people yeah they will they they, they just love the opportunity of then to like a shit because uh it's kind of an unusual idea i, I haven't seen too much stuff like that mm -hmm. uh, so to get to play in like like that uh that world mm -hmm. it's kind of just like like my call check you know it's just really fun to like oh i you know to write uh, a call check story so I think for a lot of them, it was just really cool to kind of take Shakespeare mm -hmm. and as like a, a jumping off point for a story. Mm -hmm. um, but I did find some people who 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 were like, weren't like happy about it. Like, no, Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Uh, so I did get a lot of people who who passed on it, which I was surprised. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, people were, were you know very on board and uh, they had a, a really good time with it. Oh, that's so cool. All right. Um, I want to talk about I want to talk about the one shot because you already we already mentioned about J.K. Woodward, the artist, yeah. um, because he did a he drew a short story. And if I remember correctly, I think you were you were the one that wrote it. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Julie, was it Afterlife? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Afterlife. That was great. Uh, yeah, I have. Okay. Oh, oh I'm sorry. With only audio, James. But yeah. Oh. Oh, it is uh, for your. Yeah, sorry. I'm holding up the proof of uh, the comic. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, this is like a, a staple stitch, but I'm gonna get it like probably perfect bound. Uh huh. But and this is the yeah. So it came out really good. So it's um it's manga size. So it's just, it's a uh, it's like five oh. by ten, uh, and a half. Okay. So it's like a mini comic. So it came out. It came out to forty pages. It was supposed to be again. Kind of what we did with Cold Check. Um, the Kickstarter it was supposed to be twenty pages, and uh -huh. we doubled the forty. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna start slowly wrapping things up. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm gonna try to pronounce a word now. If I remember correctly, I know that in a, from oh, the yeah. previous. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, no. yeah the word um, <laughs> hom homunculus. How do you pronounce? Yeah. Okay. Homunculus. Now. What was your reaction when you saw David Avalone had written that into the? Oh, yeah. How did you? Happy. I don't think he knows. I don't know. Did you? You did research on me. That was you think, um. It was this last year's that? dinner. It was when I had to prepare for the last okay. year. And I remember. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, for some reason I was like the word uh, homunculus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like like years ago, um, I, I wrote a story about a guy who's like he's like really depressed and he's saying like a lot of negative thoughts and so he decides to like cut open a hole in his head mm -hmm. and out comes like this like gelatinous blob and then and it starts talking to him and it turns out that's what's been giving him all these like negative thoughts and things and and ruining his life and he calls himself a, a homunculus mm -hmm. and literally literally means a little man mm -hmm. Latin. so um but i never ended up finishing that story and it never worked out but then i ended up stealing that idea for dead jack mm -hmm. but then i have dead jack has um his sidekick uh, oswald who's a homunculus too <laughs> he, he lived inside jack's head and you know jack's a zombie so he was mm -hmm. living in his head for like six months and then he came out one day and then he becomes his sidekick so i've used that idea a few times but then i found out there was actually there's a well, I had that idea for the short story years ago, and then I never finished it, and, and I couldn't figure out a way to make it work. 
And then my cousin says to me, hey, did you know that there's, there's someone ripped off your idea? And there's actually a manga mm-hmm. called Homunculus. And it's almost the exact same idea. It's about a guy who had this thing living inside his head. Yeah. And, and it comes out of his head. And, and it's like this. Uh, so I, that happens a lot. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, you have these ideas. And then somehow years later, it's like almost the same exact idea mm-hmm. uh, out by somebody. So there is a homunculus. I got to check out that comic. It looks cool. Um, but yeah. And then my my first imprint when i i self-published the dead jack books that was the name of my uh, publishing company was homunculus house cool. <laughs> i'm always happy when somebody throws that in there like 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 Dave. but he i don't think he was aware of my uh mm-hmm. my love of the word homunculus <laughs> that, is, that is so cool um sorry i'm slowly wrapping things up what was your reaction when you when you saw your name on this passion project, Shakespeare and Lee. What was your reaction? Because I know your love for Shakespeare. And... Yeah, I mean, it's always cool to see your name. No, yeah, <laughs> on the cover. Um, yeah, I mean, um, it's just been really amazing just the last couple of years um, to just do these projects and, mm-hmm. and, and have them come out. Because you, even when you're working on them, you you feel like something's going to happen and it's not going to even come out mm-hmm. because. Up up to this point, there's been so many products that didn't work out and didn't happen. So uh, to finally get things um, these these projects off the ground yes. and the Kickstarter, and then yes. putting the book together, and then getting the thing printed, and then finally getting it delivered, and then out. It's it's such a long process. So you always feel like um, it's not going to happen. So it's really cool now that this is the third uh, anthology I've, I've had. Yes, and, uh, it actually exists. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I mean, that's where I always wanted to be at the point where it says, I have an idea for something and I can go and do it. Yes. So I think at a point, especially, you know, and a lot of it has to do with Kickstarter, that I can come up with these crazy ideas and then actually create it. And that's all I ever really wanted. It was just the ability to to to, to come up with something and then be able to, 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 to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's been really, fu- really awesome to... Mm-hmm. To, to be able to do that and uh and get them out into the world and then then it's just it's just, it's just extra if then people actually also like it <laughs> and buy it you know so and well they buy it then we can do more so that that's been really cool so it, it, and then and and in the end i don't even care so much about having my name on it mm-hmm. you know so sometimes i don't even put i think even some of the cold check covers i don't even put my name on the front cover. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I've done so much work on it, so I feel yeah. like I don't need all of that. You know, the people who know know that I put it together. Mm-hmm. So, so it's just just owning it and having it and holding my hand and like, wow, you know, I I I put this book together. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. So that that that's the fun part. It's like then finally having. That's why I like to show it around, even though this is only audio. Yes. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you can show a picture. So I'm always like, oh look, you know, and then I I like to get like extra proofs and then and show them to people and give them, you know, and that's now like, now I'm going to conventions and stuff, so it's really cool now to like meet people, yes, to sell the books directly to them. What was the most fun or exciting thing that you love working on Shakespeare Unleashed? Well, doing the comic was a really cool. Um, we weren't originally going to do a separate comic. Um, mm-hmm. We were going to do the prose anthology. But then I thought, what if we just put like maybe an eight-page comic yes. in the middle of it or at the end? 
Um, and then there was David Hyde at Superfan Promotions who said yeah. to me, well, how much would it cost if you just did a separate like mini comic? Mm-hmm. And so when I looked at it, doing the separate mini comic actually was cheaper mm-hmm. to do than to, than to insert. Because if you insert even eight pages into like a prose anthology, it's a lot of money mm-hmm. because you have to have like better paper for the artwork mm-hmm. and to do the insert. I think what it costs is like several thousand dollars just for to, to insert it. So to do a mini comic, it, it was pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it would be cool to have something else. Then then when then we weren't just bound to do eight pages. Yeah. Because I, I like now the, the book is 40 pages. Um, although there is a short story in it, but we have four comic stories in there. Mm-hmm. So we were able to expand it and have a, a, a its own book. Yes. So uh that was really cool. It was like whenever I can do comics, it's it's a lot of fun. So even though this was supposed to be just a prose thing, we ended up making it also a comic. So but it's pretty <laughs> but it's pretty cool because um because I'm just thinking about it right now is that because the one shot comic book could be a gateway for com you know, for comic book readers who may be a little hesitant about reading a Shakespeare book. If they mm-hmm. see what it is, and they're going, wait, okay, now I understand what Shakespeare Unleashed is. Now I know this is the fun that they can do with it. Maybe I should go back and try to pick up the novel. I, I don't know. It's the one possibility. It could be a gateway. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, I can see this being like in schools and stuff. Yes, um, would be cool. So if they want to get like kids into Shakespeare, the yes. comics, the cool way because it's got you know it's got vampires in there and mm-hmm. you'll get murdered and stuff. And zombies. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a cool thing. You know, I mean, I would have loved, I mean, I would have, if I was a kid, I was like, like 15, 16, and I saw something like that, I would, I would be all over that. Yes. So, like, hopefully that is like maybe like the, the some kids, like, first, uh, you know, experience with, with Shakespeare is like the comic. I, I haven't seen anything really like that either. Mm-hmm. So I thought that would be cool to have like a Shakespeare um, art comic book, <laughs> would be really cool. So, yeah, it's a one shot, but I don't know. Maybe maybe we could do more stuff with that. But and, and the comic is a little bit more playful than the prose anthology. So we have a little mm-hmm. more fun with the with the comic. Oh yes. I've read a couple of the stories, it's great. And then one shot. Um may I ask, do you have and if you can't tell me what your next series is, that's fine too. But may I ask, do you have another unleash anthology set up already? We have an idea. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not a hundred percent locked in. But we we probably won't. We're not going to do one this year. We're prob- probably next year. Yeah. Um. So the thing is, like, we did well with these two, and we had original ideas. So the the trick is now for the third one is to come up with something again that's mm-hmm. that's uh, different and original. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we could keep doing like unleashed things where it's like uh, fairy tales unleashed, but I know that's been done. So maybe yes. the tenth unleashed book, it would be a fairy tale. So I want to do something different. So, I, but I think we have a good idea. So we'll have to see uh, mm-hmm. how that pans out. But we'll probably because I, I have a lot of other other projects now. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, but maybe next year, then the third unleashed book will come out. Oh, okay, all right. Now, um, actually, I want I'm going to throw in. I'm going to start wrapping this up. Instead of two more questions, I got three more questions, and one is an off the cuff. Fun question. Let's say 
you're doing a prose novel, Kickstarter, another Unleash anthology, or, you know, something. And then all of a sudden, you get an email from Stephen King going, hey, I have a short story I want to drop in. What would yeah. your reaction be? <laughs> okay. No, I mean that that I'm trying to get a Stephen. We even try to get a Stephen King story for um for Classic Monsters Unleashed. Wow. <laughs> um, I had asked. Well, you can go. There's actually like a system you have to go through that you can request. Yes. A story because he doesn't own his short stories. Uh-huh. All of his short stories have been like sold off. Yes. And it's like like Penguin uh, owns them all. Uh-huh. So if you can go to Penguin and then you can you can request uh, a story. So I requested. To reprint uh, the Boogeyman, oh, yes. in Class Unleashed, and mm-hmm. then I never heard back from them. But then I saw that they're coming out with a, a Boogeyman movie. Oh yes, so they yeah, probably they probably weren't going to give it to me, but mm-hmm. that was weird timing. So I thought that would have fit. But when I was growing up, every horror anthology had a Stephen King story in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't see that as much now. But every every horror anthology you ever saw back probably in the eighties, mm-hmm. maybe. Even, Nineties had a Stephen at least one Stephen King, and that was like their big headliner. And then you probably you might not have heard of the rest of the people, but there was always mm-hmm. that one Stephen King story to, to sell it. So I mean, I've no, I know all the editors who who put together anthology and got Stephen King story. So it's possible, mm-hmm. but I would love that. That would be great to have a Stephen King. Well, an original would be really hard to get. You can get a reprint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what he would charge. But we. <laughs> yeah. I was even prepared to like for the boogeyman to pay, which I probably shouldn't have. No, no. Mm-hmm. But you know, if they came back to me and said it would be five thousand dollars, I might have done it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just there. have Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I did. I've worked with so many amazing people. I couldn't, believe, you know, but like Joe Lansdale is like my favorite uh, writer. So just to be able to have him in already two of my books has been crazy. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. But working with all of these people has just been insane. Mm-hmm. Steve Niles, you know, like the Thirty Days a Night, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just like even like getting emails from them and you see them pop up in your email, you know, it, it, it's it's wild. That is so cool. All right, you mentioned um, conventions. You're going starting to go to conventions. Do you have any conventions lined up for this summer? Now, I'm going to let you know we probably release this interview sometime in May. So. Do you have anything in like late May and June? Yeah, I'm gonna be at Cradle Con in Long Island, New York. Um, I think May 20th and 21st. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think J.K. Woodward is gonna be there too with me, so we're gonna be awesome. signing full check books there. I'll be at Stoker Con in June. Mm-hmm. It's the middle of June in Pittsburgh, and I think I'm going to a convention in Denver. Okay. In the middle of September, I think it's called. Um, Festival of Horror. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's what I got lined up. So, yeah, I mean, it's been cool. I, I just went to a con called AuthorCon that Brian Keene runs. Mm-hmm. So it's just authors and it's just books and people buying tons of books. Mm-hmm. So I got to meet uh, some of the people that I've worked with. I got to meet Tim Wagner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who's in, I, think, I think Tim Wagner's been in all of my projects so far. That's nice. So that was fun. I mm-hmm. got to talk to Brian Keene. <laughs> so that was like our first really big convention, especially with the Colchak stuff. So and we ended up selling a lot of Colchak stuff. That is great. 
Any closing words to our listeners? Uh, well, it's always fun to be on the show with you, Jason. You've always been a big supporter, so I really appreciate that. Oh, uh, but it's always fun. Oh, James, thank you very much. James, I wish you the con- continued success with Kolchak, the Night Stalker 50th anniversary original graphic novel, and also to a Shakespeare Unleashed. Just, James, thank you very much. Thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you for you know letting me give giving me another opportunity to interview you, talk about Kolchak. And um, thank you very much for sending me um a review copy of Shakespeare Unleashed. Because I love the I've read some of the stories in the one the comic book one shot. Those are great. Some of the short stories in the um anthology novel. Oh my god. Now I wanna I gotta go back and look for that that um oh um um, that story of what, what was it the Macbeth or King Lear the one King where Lear. the businessman King Lear the businessman he's going to these fortune tellers yeah, you know it's, it's, it's a it's a creepy uh, story it's, it's 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 really cool but I want to re- now I want to read that I want to check that out so yes now comic book lovers if you love the original Kolchak TV series and if you love Shakespeare work. Now, please check out Kolshak, the 50th Night Stalker, 50th anniversary graphic novel, and please check out Shakespeare Unleashed. The Kolshak graphic novel captures, and as we mentioned, as me and James talked about, it captures the spirit of the original 70s TV show. Um, great stories, great art. You know, um, when I got it, when I actually when I got my digital copy, I had to I, I had to start reading it. I couldn't wait for the hardcover to come. I, I just had to yeah. start. There was a long, like, uh, gap between the the digital book and then we didn't get the hardcovers. It took us months to get the hardcovers. No, don't worry. But oh my god, man! Um, I was just thankful for the digital. I I went for the all in. I went for the hardcover, the digital right. copy. Yeah. So, and also too for Shakespeare Unleashed. Unleashed. It is a fun horror anthology that uses characters and themes from um, from Shakespeare's plays. So it's really great. It's, you know, I love it. I, I um, Me and James were talking about one of the stories that I read, um, The Hungry Wife of Windsor by Zachary Rosenberg. And James, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, I think they use some of the characters from one of Shakespeare's plays in that star, one character from Shakespeare's play, I think. Yeah, it matches up um, Falstaff and yes. then he... Uh, thrown in with the the merry wise of windsor mm-hmm. and, uh, they're not what they seem so yes there's some horror there oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't, I don't mean keep you let me just mention this because i almost forgot there was one comic story that i love in the one shot it was the teeny of the shrew in the comic book yeah, oh yeah. jeff God. strand i'm sorry what was that jeff strand wrote that one Oh God, that was that's in the one shot comic. That was that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. So listeners, if you guys get a chance, check out Shakespeare Unlimited, the the um, the anthology or the one shot. Now, if now I also want to thank Drew, the coast of comics for fun and profit for putting this episode together. Drew, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. And I want to thank you, the listener. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Aloha.
The good folks at Comics for Fun and Profit have been doing two episodes a week um, for quite some time now, and it's all thanks to, first of all, Jason, and second of all, our patrons, who allow us to add the space on our server, broadcast more, store more, share more with you listeners. I'm envious of those of you who have unlimited storage and media server capabilities. We we pay for ours here at at the C4FAP. It ain't cheap. We thank you so much for those of you who go to patreon.com slash comicsfunprofit and contribute at any level to say thanks, to say I want to be a part of your Slack channel conversations. I want to get exclusives. I want to get early access. I want to get ad-free access. I want to get swag. I want to get some free stuff. Whatever your reasoning is, we appreciate it at any level because it does make a difference. So from the bottom of Kyle and I and Jason's heart, thank you for contributing 